<laughs> Again, I want to uh, I want to express my gratitude uh, to you guys just being 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 out here this Saturday afternoon, spending time in God's Word, spending time spending time looking up what God has to say about different topics, uh, looking at what God has to say about the family and and different relationships and how we ought to handle relationships, seeing what God has to say about money. Like I know those are things that in a lot of ways we disagree on, and we don't always view it the same way. Uh, but it really, like, my, my hope and really what I was trying to stress is not whether we agree on it or not, like, for sake of our opinions, is whether, or is really, like, whether we're agreeing with the truth and what God is saying in the truth. And so, that, again, <clears throat> as we finish this third session, I just, before we get started here, I, I really want to reiterate the point that this doesn't stop here. Like, it doesn't stop on a Saturday afternoon. You kind of spend a couple hours listening uh, to a bald guy talk about <clears throat> some things. I mean, you, you go back. And you look at the scripture, and you look at what scripture says about wisdom, you look at what scripture says about obtaining wisdom, you look at what scripture says about relationships and how we, we ought to have and handle our relationships, you look at what scripture says about money and how we ought to handle our money. Uh, <clears throat> and so this third session here, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about attitudes, God's wisdom on attitudes, which is really going to be an, like a, a lesson on anger. Um, <clears throat> I didn't have a foundational verse for this one, like I did for the first two and I thought they were cool. I didn't have one for this one. But I do want you to notice God's advice about being friends or not being friends with angry people. I have it like the hothead. This is what it looks like. Go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 24, verses 24 and 25. Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 22, sorry, it's on the paper there. If you look at the paper, you can see it. Proverbs chapter 22, verses 24 and 25. It reads, Don't make friends with the hot-tempered. Do not associate yourself with those who are easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 4, Solomon writes, and he says, Anger is cruel. And fury is overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? And again, in that, in that chapter 27, verse 4, he talks about these three things that are, that are bad things. And the three things is, are fury, jealousy, and anger. So it's be three things that we need to stay away from. We need to stay away from being jealous. We need to stay away from being furious and stay away from being angry. And, you know, and, and so when we keep that in mind and staying away from it, in chapter 22, verses 24 through 25, he says, don't even make friends with these people. He's saying that anger is such a bad thing that you need to avoid it as badly as you can and as much as you can. Don't associate, it's not just don't be angry, but don't associate yourself with angry people. So why? Why, why should we stay away from anger? I think if you kind of look at the sheet there, I've given you the reasons there, and I want us to look at some Proverbs and some verses that kind of give us some answers there. This is why we should stay away from anger. Because it makes us do, it'll make us do something foolish. Look at chapter 14, verse 17. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 17. It says, A quick-tempered man acts foolishly, and a man of evil devices is hated. Later on in the chapter, in verse 29 of chapter 14, it says, He who is slow to anger has great understanding. But he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. 
And so again, we start, and the reason why we need to stay away from, from anger is because it makes us do foolish things. You ever seen someone angry who just punched the wall? And like, now there's a hole in the wall, and now your hand is broken. And like, so you have two bad things, two really dumb bad things, but what happened? You were angry, and you overreacted, and you did something you shouldn't have done. And that's the way that anger works. Anger doesn't make sense. Anger isn't always reasonable. And because it doesn't make sense and because it isn't always reasonable, it makes us look and act foolishly. So anger makes us act foolishly, but anger or angry people also stir up dissension. Look at chapter 15, the very next chapter, chapter 15, verse 18. Proverbs 15, verse 18. It says, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. Chapter 29, verse 22, it says, an angry man stirs up strife, but a hot-tempered man abounds in transgressions. Chapter 26, verse 21, says, as charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. These people, angry people, they're like, I mean, it's like if there's a small thing going on, I mean, they, they just make things escalate. They make things worse than they need to be. It's kind of like throwing a match in, in, in a forest. They'll just start a wildfire. And we need to be careful with that. You know, there are people that are like, that constantly look to take things the wrong way. What'd you say about me? What'd you say about this? Why'd you hold the door open for me? It's like sometimes that doesn't even make sense. But they're just angry all the time. And that's the way that anger works. Anger is constant. It's not just that it makes you act foolish, but it's constantly looking to start a problem. Constantly looking to start a fight. Constantly looking to stir up dissensions. And so what kind of person are you? Do you bring peace and tranquility to a situation? Or, where you are, or, or when you are present, are there fights and quarrels? It's interesting. <clears throat> if you want to ask yourself, like, who are you? Are you Jesus or are you Jonah? They were both in the boat and different things happened. When Jonah got to the boat, a storm came because Jonah was on the boat. It wasn't that he was creating quarrel, but, like, but the idea is Jonah got in the boat and a storm came. Jesus gets on the boat and the storm is calmed. So in situations with you and other people, who are you? Are you Jesus? Where if, if there are things going on and people aren't getting along and there's fighting or there's strife, there's quarrels, are you going? Are you trying to seek to calm the situation? Or are you like Jonah that whenever you get places, I mean, you're just, you're bringing the storm with you because you're not following God. Jesus or Jonah, who are we? So it'll make us do something foolish. It stirs up dissension, or the angry people stir up dissension. They look for fights. And really, what anger does is that anger just leads to more sins. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 22. It says, an angry man. Proverbs 29, verse 22. It says, an angry man stirs up strife, and a hot-tempered man abounds in transgression." In James chapter 1, it's a New Testament, so I'll, I'll read it. You can just write that down and look at it later. James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because our anger 
does not produce the righteousness of God. You think about what anger does, it's just that anger leads to more sins. Someone upsets you. Someone cuts you off in the road. And now you're mad. And now you're speeding. And now you're speeding, which you're breaking the law. Now you're speeding, and now you're giving the finger, you're cursing at whoever did that thing to you. And now you're doing that, and now you're putting someone else in danger because you're speeding, you might hurt somebody else. And you just see the way it works. It's a snowball effect. And the longer we stay angry, the bigger and bigger and bigger the snowball gets. And it, and it takes whoever's in its path. Because that's the way that anger works. Anger doesn't have a, okay, I'll hurt these people, but not these people. Anger hurts whoever's around. It runs over whoever's around. And it's sometimes the people we care most about. We need to be careful. Because again, anger just leads to more sins. So anger makes us do foolish things. Angry people stir up dissensions. They look for fights. They look for problems. Anger just leads to more sins. You see the last one there? Is that anger is addicting. Whether you realize it or not, whether you've thought of this or not, if you don't control your anger, your anger will take control of you. Anger is one of those things that we need to have self-control with and learn how to, I mean, just how to control it and say, this will not dominate my life. This will not rule me. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 19. Proverbs 19, verse 19. <clears throat> he says, the hot-tempered must pay the penalty, rescue them, and you'll have to do it again. You know the idea? The angry person who punched the wall, if he doesn't learn to, to have self-control and to not do that, you may pay for the wall repairs and you know what he's going to do when he gets angry again? He's going to punch another wall. And that's just that the idea, it's addicting. It's a rush and they keep looking for it and they keep doing it. In chapter 22, verses 24 and 25, we read this one already, but he says, Do not associate with the man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man or you will learn his ways. And find a snare for yourselves. Anger is addicting. And it's not just addicting to the person who's angry. Again, anger is like wildfire. It catches everyone. And it catches everyone around. That's kind of why, <clears throat> have you ever heard of that, that, that chain effect where the boss yells at his, at, his, at his employee? And the employee gets mad and he takes that home. And what does he do? He yells at his wife. And the wife takes that and she gets mad. And what does she do? She yells at the kids. And the kids get mad. And what do they do? They yell at each other. And, they, and that's just the way it works. Because that's the way anger works. It's addicting. It's not just addicting to you, but it's addicting to whoever it is that you're being angry to. When you're angry to them, you're just going to leave them. They may not even be angry with you anymore. They're, gonna, they're just going to be angry. And that's going to manifest itself to other people. And just create this chain of anger that we need to stay away from. So again, anger will make us do foolish things. Anger stirs up dissensions or creates problems. Anger leads to more sins and anger is addicting. That's why we stay away from it. That's why we shouldn't be around it. So if anger is like this, if anger is bad, then, then what is the solution to anger? And here's the thing. I'm going to say some things that Solomon says here. And if you have a problem with this, like if you like in your life have a problem with anger and like working on it, Listen to what Solomon has to say here. Not because I'm saying it, I'm like, I don't have some degree in 
therapy or anything like that. <clears throat> but this is the wisdom of God. And God knows what he's talking about because he's our creator. So these are some solutions or some things that will help with the problem of anger. The first one there is stay away from angry people. It seems like a duh, like a simple one, but I think sometimes we just forget it. You know, if you don't want to be around, if you don't want to do a certain thing, don't associate yourself or don't stand around the company of people who do that certain thing. If you don't want to be an angry person, don't associate yourself with angry people. Proverbs 19, verse 13. And again, it's not just don't associate yourself with angry people, but even think about your own lives. Like, no one likes, you like to be around angry people? Like, no one likes that. No one likes to be, like, it's not fun being around angry people. Proverbs 19, verse 13 he says, a foolish son is destruction to his father, and the contentions of a wife are a constant dripping. Again, we talked that, talk about that like the faucet water, just drip, 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 drip. You don't want to be around that. You want to be as far away from that as possible. In Proverbs, 9, in Proverbs 21, verse 19, <clears throat> Proverbs 21, verse 19, he says, it is better to live in a desert land than with the contentious and vexing woman. Like it's better to live in a land where you have no water and you're by yourself and you're hot and you're done than to live with a woman who's argumentative, live with an angry woman. And that's the idea. You stay away from that. It doesn't lead us to any good. Because you know who angry people are thinking about whenever they're angry? Themselves. The fact that they were wrong. The fact that somebody hurt them or the fact that somebody did something that they didn't like very much. And here's the thing. When you live an angry life, you end up alone because no one wants to be around angry people. It's just the truth. The people that are alone and no one, they're just angry. They're like the grumpy old man. And no one wants that. So stay away from angry people because no one wants to be around an angry person. The second point there is learn to restrain your words. I think this is like one, of, if we learn to kind of just close this right here anger wouldn't escalate as much as it does if we just learn to shut our mouths a little bit more it, it, it just wouldn't escalate Proverbs chapter 17 verse 27 Proverbs 20, 20, uh, 17 verse 27 and this is on the second point there in learning to restrain our words it says he who restrains his words has knowledge and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, Proverbs 15, verse 1, says a gentle, a, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You know the point here? Whenever you find yourself getting angry, you know what you should do? Talk less. Like whenever you're mad, don't talk as much. Because all you're going to do is, is you're going to escalate the anger. It's kind of like the mob mentality. Whenever people are in a mob and one person's mad and he starts talking, then two people start talking, then ten people start talking, and everybody's just talking, no one knows what they're talking about anymore because everybody's just mad, but they're mad. Something has to happen. Remember James 1.19. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. The more you find yourself speaking, the angrier you'll become. So again, stay away from angry people. Because no one wants to, I mean, angry people end up alone. And two, learn to restrain your words. The third point there is, like I have it as you will get your way more. 
And this is what I mean by that. Typically, people are angry because they want their way. Because I want this thing. So I got to speak real loud. And I got to point my hand and be in your face so that you know that my opinion is better than yours. And just because you're loud, does that make your opinion better? Does it make it any truer? No? Proverbs 25 verse 15. Proverbs 25 verse 15. <clears throat> he says, Through patience... A ruler can be persuaded, and a gentle tongue can break a bone. Point is, we argue and we get angry trying to get our way, but the easiest way for us to get our way is through being patient, through being calm, and through being sweet. And we get that, right? Because if someone wants something from us, you're a lot more likely to give it to them if they ask politely than if they get angry and just try to take it. Because whenever they act that way with you, you're like, I'm not giving you this. Or no, I'm not. Even if you don't really care about it anymore, it's just the fact that they were angry and they disrespected you. And you're like, no, you're not getting your way. I will fight to make sure you don't get that. But if they were just polite, and if they were gentle, and they were sweet, you know what, you know what words are really important there? Words like thank you. Words like please. Words like I appreciate it. If we, if we had more of that, We'd get our way a lot more. And you wouldn't feel the need to be angry. Because again, anger is just, it's a selfish thing where I need to get my way. And that would just happen a lot less. Next point there is we need to see the glory of patience. So this is kind of like the opposite of anger is patience. You need to be patient. You need to be calm. Meek. Look at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. He says, Better a patient person than a warrior, those with self-control than those who take a city. There's a lot of people who live their lives trying to win battles against everybody else when they haven't won the battle within themselves. And we just need self-control. And we need to be patient. Because me winning an argument is not as valuable as me winning like the battle within myself to be self-controlled and to not let my anger get the best of me. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. It's kind of with the same point here, of seeing the glory and the benefits of patience and not getting angry. He says, a person's wisdom yields patience it is to one's glory to overlook offense and this is where like god's wisdom completely contradicts like human wisdom because human wisdom tells you it's not to your glory if you look if you overlook offense if you look over if you overlook offense you're a punk someone just took advantage of you it's not okay that you let people pass you it's not okay that you let people get their way. That's not fine. But think about your Savior. What did your Savior do? What did your Master do? He died for us. He died for us on the cross because He was overlooking all of our offenses. He didn't get mad and say, you wronged me, so I'm going to smite humanity. He instead was patient and He saw the glory of patience and said, I'll hang here 
so that God would be glorified. But I'll hang here so that you may have a chance at having life. And here's the thing. Anger just doesn't ruin you. It ruins the person you're being angry with. And our society teaches us that to be a real man, you have to get angry and you don't let anybody step over you. Except that's not what the real man, the son of mankind, that's not what he did. He was trounced all over for the sake of mankind, for the sake of humanity. Look at the glory in being patient. The fact that God would glorify you. The fact that you are who God wants you to be whenever you're being patient. Chapter 25, verse 28 of Proverbs. It says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. If you don't have self-control and you're not patient, you know what the idea there, like a city whose walls are broken, you know what that means? That anything and anyone can come and overtake it and overthrow it. And if we don't have self-control and if our anger rules over us, our lives will end up destroyed. It just will. You may know someone or that may have been you at some point. And that doesn't have to be you. Because you're allowed to be patient. Whenever you're seeking to serve God and seeking to be as God is, patience is something that comes with that. And so the last point there is that realize that anger is a process. Realize that anger is a process. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 33. <clears throat> Proverbs 30, verse 33. He says, For as churning cream produces butter, and as twisting the nose produces blood, so stirring up anger produces strife. Whenever we find ourselves getting angry, you know what we need to do? Instead of just reacting, feel angry inside and you just externally let that manifest itself, what we need to do is we need to find out deep inside what's making us angry, who's making us angry, and we need to forgive them. We need to let it go. And we need to realize that it's not an overnight thing. Like you're not just going to solve that today and that's how you're no longer an angry person. It's a process. It takes time. <clears throat> you don't have to be an angry person. God, God gives us his wisdom on these things and we don't have to be this. We can learn to be patient. We can learn to be as he is. So here's the thing. <clears throat> Solomon had more wisdom than anyone else. And it says that at the end of his life, he turned his back on the Lord. Because there's a difference in listening to the voice of wisdom and walking in that wisdom. Ephesians chapter 5, <clears throat> as Paul is writing to these people and he's telling them to, to look like God and, and to serve God as obedient children, he'll say things like walk in love and look at Jesus Christ, the, the example of love. He'll say walk in light and then he'll say walk circumspectly or walk wisely. Because again, there's a difference between being wise and walking in that way. So these lessons on the families and, and relationships, these lessons on money, these lessons on attitude mean absolutely nothing. They are of no value if you don't take these and walk as God would have you walk. 
These are encouraging things. And I've been blessed to, to have been able to study these things and present these things. I hope that it's been encouraging. Um, if, you're, if you're able, tomorrow at 11.30, we're going to look at the idea of why we need wisdom. Um, because we've talked about different ways in which God gives us his wisdom. And we're going to study the idea of why we need this wisdom. Why is God's wisdom better than the wisdom of the world? And I think that that will prove to be uh, beneficial and encouraging for us. May the Lord bless you, brethren.